So when we look at 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, the scriptures read this way. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit, by whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison, who formerly were disobedient when once the divine long-suffering awaited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight souls, were saved through water. All right, let's stop there in verse 20. So we look at verse 18. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. You notice something significant. There's choice. There's options. It, it isn't declared. There's an if implied, if you will. Verse 18 says in the, the very middle part of that verse is that he might bring us to God. Might. Do you know what the word might means? Well, you might make it. Or you might show up. There's a choice. So if you must read just the first part of 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust. If you was to stop there, that being, that being said, once saved, always saved, that doesn't even approve that. It says all are going to be saved if you just read the first part of verse 18. But there's more to verse 18. There's more to the Bible. And I will encourage this. I encourage it all the time. Don't just take one verse and run with it. That is, to take it out of context and get the misleading examples of that one verse. You can take one verse and believe, well, baptism isn't required. Baptism is required for salvation. It's mandatory, if you will. We have to do it. That is how we put Christ on. That is how we get this remission of sins because Christ, verse 18 says, He suffered once for sins. He suffered the cross. He endured that horrific death. So we think of what type of person we are. Here's the might. So you, you might make it, you might not. It's undecided. Christ died once for sins, the just for the unjust, Christ being the just one, and us as human beings, the unjust ones. In our Bible class, in our, in our studies in Romans, let me turn there with me. I'm going to share with you. So when we think of Romans, chapter 10, uh, chapter 10 and verse 10. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That's unto righteousness and unto salvation. No one has achieved either one of these yet. We come unto it. It's like coming unto a door. You haven't entered into that door yet, but you have stepped up to it. You're at the threshold. To go in, you have to go in, not unto. Unto righteousness and unto salvation. No one has achieved salvation yet. So as Christ died for the ungodly, died for the unjust, He was the just one. He was our sin-free sacrifice upon that cross. So as you can stand before God on judgment day, justified. And of course, Paul goes through Romans. We don't have enough time to go through this lesson of justification. 
What does the word justification mean? When you're baptized for the remission of sins. And after so, whenever you turn back to God, confessing your sins, as we read this morning in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7, to walk in the light as he is in the light, and then 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive us our sins. That is rope to Christians, folks. That is rope to those individuals who have been baptized for the remission of sins. And if you very study Romans chapter 7 very well, you learn that Paul sins as well, and he hates it. He hates it. Folks, this is an individual who has been endowed with the Holy Spirit. He is wearing God. And yes, he sins. He falls short. He needs repentance, just as you and I do today. Christ suffered once for sins. Have we really grabbed the, the gravity of that? Well, how much it actually means to people today? Now, of course, we look around. We, sin running, we see sin running everywhere. We see disobedience to God left and right. You just turn on the news, which I don't do. But you just turn on the news, you can see sin. Christ died for those sins so that they may be remitted. You might think in your mind, well, what sin can I do that I don't get forgiveness? Well, there is one, blaspheming the Holy Spirit. That one you get no forgiveness for. Scripture plainly says that. Well, let's think about our everyday sins, our, our lying, our stealing, our, our, dis, our disobedience to God in general. You might think, well, hell, I'm, I'm just too bad of a person. I can't get remission of sin. Keep your finger in 1 Peter chapter 3. Turn with me to Acts chapter 2. Peter is talking to a significant individuals, And they have just done something, and Peter is made them known what they have exactly done. In verse 23 of Acts chapter 2, in the middle of Peter's sermon, the first time he tells them, him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you, he's speaking to Jews, folks. These folks, he stands up. He stands in the midst of the 11 in verse 14, raised his voice and said to them, men of Judea, and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and heed my words, and he progresses into his sermon. The rest of verse 23. You have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death. He's telling these Jews, you have just killed Christ by lawless deeds. You murdered him. You murdered him. And as he closes his sermon in verse 36, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know, Jews, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God had made this Jesus. He was the Son of God. God made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ, by lawless deeds. He, they murdered Christ. They murdered Him. Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for the unjust. He suffered once for sins back in 1 Peter, but we're going to continue on here in Acts chapter 2. Verse 37, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? We have this sin. We have this weight bearing down on us. We have just murdered somebody. We have not only murdered somebody, we have just murdered 
the Son of God. We have just murdered the Lord. We have just murdered the Christ who we've been waiting on. Now, I understand not all of them know this. Some accepted, others did not. As we learn in verse 41, 3,000 souls heeded to this sermon. Now, as a gospel preacher, I think, wow. 3,000 folks baptized for the remission of sins from the, from the message that was just given. That's a strong message. So when we heed God's word and we realize we have sin in our hearts just as these Jews did, they were cut to the heart. They was, they was down in their spirits. They realized what they had done was wrong. Peter said to them something significant to us today and those hearing my voice. Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You notice it doesn't say be baptized to be added into the church. That adding comes later. You don't add yourself to the church. You don't be baptized to join the church. God does that through faithful obedience and the changing of our hearts. We're baptized for the remission of sins. So as we can cleanse the sins out of our hearts and out of our souls, so, we can, so God can add us to the kingdom. Because Isaiah 59 2 tells us his eyes and his ears just turned away from us because we are involved in iniquity. So now when we think of changing our minds, changing our hearts, because we're cut to it. It's cut. We realize we're sinners. We realize we're unjustified sinners. Unjustified. What does that mean? It means just as if it never happened. And that can only happen by the blood of Jesus Christ. Period. I can't forgive your sins, and you can't forgive your own sins. You can't forgive my sins. Only the blood of Christ. Only God can forgive sins through that access of the blood of Christ. Galatians 3.27 tells us we have put Christ on through baptism. So we see in verse 39, we carry on as Peter talks to these men. For the promise is to you and to your children. This is still the Jews, right? And to all who are afar off. And if you study your Bibles very carefully, if you pay attention to it, the afar off is you. You. Everybody else. That promise is given to. Those who are baptized for the remission of sins. Those who have put Christ on through, through baptism shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, I can't perform miracles and I can't raise the dead. That degree was given at a specific time for a specific purpose. But yes, we do receive a portion of the Holy Spirit because we are obedient to God. That feeling you get, those who have put Christ on through baptism, that feeling that you get when you, when you sin, when you fall short, when you know you're doing something that's wrong, where does that come from? Folks, that comes from a portion of the Holy Spirit. That absence of it, because if you're sinning willfully, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, and you're just as, or you're, excuse me, you're worse off than when you first believed. So we need to make sure we need to not feel that way. That, that sense of absence. Think back to when you were first baptized, those who have done so. Think back to that feeling that you felt of joy, inexpressible joy, to know that you are actually saved. 
from your sins. And the truth did that for you because Jesus Christ said you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Set you free from your sins. So you might think, well, what's this idea of seven, uh, of saved? Excuse Acts chapter 2, verse 47. We understand over in verse 38, you're baptized for the remission of sins. Verse 47 tells us how God adds us to the church. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. That's saved from their sins. Now if you want, must think of this. Okay, so, this, so all I have to do is be baptized and that's good. I'm good for the rest of my life. Yes, if you're faithful. Wait a minute, what are you saying? So that's, there's, there's more to it? Most assuredly. So when we think of being baptized for the remission of sins, I know the audience here, the majority of us have. So when we think of being immersed, we think of being saved, baptism for the remission of sins. That begins our spiritual walk. That begins that covenant relationship with Christ and God that we make a pact, that we make a, a I don't want to say a deal, but we make a promise to God. I'm going to try my best to walk this world as your son walked. Folks, that is a difficult walk in and of itself. For Christ himself was tempted and tried just as we are. And he was flawless. He did not sin. Romans 3.23 tells us that we're going to be sinners. But in our reading this morning, one of the reasons why I asked Daniel to, to read 1 John chapter 1 in verse 7. Notice what the scriptures say. 1 John chapter 1 verse 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Isn't that wonderful? To know that God knows that we're going to fall short. And we have an opportunity to repent of our sins and ask God to forgive us of those sins. In verse 9, because verse 8, we know that we're sinners. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So we're sinners. We're not lost. We're unjustified sinners when we come to Christ. Keep in mind the parable of the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the prodigal son. There's rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents. Remember that the sheep with the 99 who needed no repentance? And in verse 9, because we know we can't say that we're not sinners, because we are. We're, we don't need to deceive ourselves. We need the truth in us. Verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all. That word all means all of it. All unrighteousness when we repent of it. When we ask God to forgive us, folks, he is just and faithful to forgive us. Because he doesn't want anybody lost on judgment day. But when we sin, when we fall short, when we're disobedient to his word, we tie his hands. His word tells us that we're going to be lost on judgment judgment day. Do not be lost on judgment day. For Christ, and back in 1 Peter chapter 3, hopefully you had your finger there. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, see how it's fitting together, that he might bring us to God through faithful obedience to his word, putting to death the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. Paul, he says, the sin that I do is the, is the sin that abides in me. 
but not the spirit. It's my flesh that's doing it. It's not the spirit. It's not the spirit that's sinning. You might say, Paul sinned? What? Romans chapter 7. Just go home and read it. He says the things that he do that's displeasing the eyes of God, that sin is displeasing the eyes of God, he hates it. He doesn't want anything to do with it. He wars in his mind. He wishes to not do it, but he does it anyway. Sound familiar? Sounds just like you and I. But folks, today we do not have to be lost. We do not have to be lost on judgment day. We can turn away from the sins that we're involved in. We can turn our hearts back to God, and he is faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness, of all sin that we repent of. So don't, let, don't be led astray to say, once saved, always saved. That being said, once you've been baptized for the remission of sins, you're good for the rest of your life. Yeah, if you're faithful. My mind goes to Romans chapter 6. Oh, there you go. Come on, Paige. Cooperate with me. Romans chapter 6. Now again, Romans is just speaking to Christians here. Romans chapter 6. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? We can't. Of course not continue in sin. Paul screams it out. Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? We died to sin when we was baptized for the remission of sins. Folks, Romans chapter 6 is wrote to Christians. It's wrote to those who have obeyed the gospel. We died to sin. That watery grave, we died to sin. Our old sinful person is under that water, buried with Christ. Now we're around walking, we should be wearing Christ. Isaiah 59.1, uh, 59, remember that verse? Your sins, and your, your sins and your iniquities have separated you from your God. Don't separate yourselves from God. Be obedient. Don't continue in sin. Because the, the previous to this, the context is, well, God has more grace than there is sin in the world. Well, let's just help God out by sinning more. That don't make no sense. Paul screams it out like I did many, but I don't want to lose my voice. He says, certainly not. If you are a child of God, you died to sin. But unfortunately, we disobey God. Just as Paul said in Romans chapter 7. He says, I hate it. Do we hate it? I seriously hope not. Because if we don't hate it, we are not a child of God. God hates sin. Being a child of God means we mimic God. We got that example through His Son. Remember Peter's sermon? We just read that verse. Whom God made. That was, being, that was Jesus Christ. Who those Jews killed with lawless hands. Both Lord and Christ. So this morning, I encourage something. I encourage faithful obedience for the rest of your lives. And by faithful obedience, I mean repentance after baptism. Does repentance need to happen this morning? Have you taken that short walk with Satan? I encourage, don't do that. Because Satan is the adversary of God. So if you're the adversary of God, you're a son or a daughter of disobedience. Well, the sons and daughters of disobedience should expect the wrath of God on judgment day. Could you, could you imagine... Standing before God, terrified. I mean, terrified because you have not obeyed God. Whether it be, of course, baptism, and then after baptism, faithful obedience. Standing before God in that status. Christ, we well, use this verse. John eight thirty two. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Free from your sins. 
standing before God, justified. Ain't that better? I know ain't, ain't a word, but ain't that better? It's a whole lot better. Think of yourself as an unjustified sinner with your sins in your heart because it's exactly what you are. Christ died for your sins to be remitted. Does that remission need to happen this morning? Turn away from it. Ask God to forgive you of those sins. And that's reserved for those who have put Christ on through baptism. Have you yet to be baptized? Baptized for the remission of sins. Again, you can't be justified without baptism. That's how you, the, the blood of Christ. We just read it, 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. That's how you access the blood of Christ, is that watery grave. Does that need to happen this morning? I encourage it. Again, God, he commands it. Because he hates sin. He does not want sin in his church. It will not be there. Keep in mind, Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. That, those three verses are reserved for those individuals who think they have salvation, but are ignorant according to the Scriptures. They don't have no knowledge. They just don't know. It says, look, God, look what we've done for you. Now paraphrasing this, those three verses. Look what we've done for you. Look at all the things. Look at, look at the wonderful work that I've done for you, God. But you did it. It's displeasing his eye, in his eyes. And Christ, he will say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. That's sad. And on that day, there would be no opportunity turning away from, getting forgiveness. It would just be over. Today, let's make sure we're not in that status. Completely terrified of that situation. Let's be ready, willing, and able to stand before our God, our friend, Jesus Christ. Unafraid. Unashamed. Are you unashamed this morning? If not, let's come forward and make that change as we stand, as we sing the song of invitation.